Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. We've talked to several dietitians on the show on different topics, and I think it's safe to say we've debunked the theory that dietitians are perfect examples of health that have never stepped near a chocolate chip cookie. As a matter of fact, I think the message of balance and moderation from these dietitians we've talked to is a common denominator. Today we're talking to a former grocery store dietitian who has the scoop on navigating the store to make up a healthy diet. Spoiler alert, you don't have to just shop the perimeter. Julie Harrington is a registered dietitian, chef, and author, and knows all about how to make healthy choices at the grocery store. We of course know we want to fill our carts with lots of fresh fruits and veggies, but there are lots of good for you options all throughout the store that help make up a healthy diet. Julie blogs at julieharringtonrd.com and is committed to helping people gain confidence in the kitchen to create nourishing meals. She is the author of The Healing Soup Cookbook, Hearty Recipes to Boost Immunity and Restore Health. And while Julie doesn't have kids herself just yet, she loves teaching kids culinary classes to encourage healthy eating habits at a young age. And now she's a regular contributor to our blog. Let's get chatting with Julie. Welcome, Julie. We're so excited to chat with you today on the Healthy Family Project and give listeners lots of tips for a healthier trip to the grocery store. That was a tongue twister. (laughs) Before we dive in, can you tell listeners a little about yourself and your background as a registered dietitian? Of course. Hi, everyone. Um, Thank you for having me. Um, So I first started at culinary school. So I went to Johnson & Wales University, and my degree is in culinary nutrition. So I found my passion in both sides, the food side of nutrition and the science part of nutrition. So after Johnson & Wales, I went on to my dietetic internship at the College of St. Elizabeth, and I started my journey as a dietitian as a retail dietitian where I was right in the grocery store helping customers. So this is the perfect topic for me because I was doing grocery stores stores all the time. Mm And then I went into a little bit of private practice, and now I'm fully working for myself as a consultant, so I'm doing all different kinds of projects, um, like my personal blog where I type or I add in some recipes, I write culinary nutrition articles, I'm teaching a lot of cooking classes, which I really love, and also I started doing culinary classes for healthcare professionals so they can help talk about nutrition through food. So my biggest goal is really about helping people gain confidence in the kitchen. How can we get people to cook more at home? How can we get them, their culinary skills, to be a little more confident in that kitchen so they're able to tackle a new recipe? And also, I really want to break the stigma about nutrition, how it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Because when we start cooking in the kitchen, everyone has different taste preferences. Everyone has different styles. Everyone has different tools in their kitchen. So how can we make it work for you? So I talk everything about food, nutrition. I love food. So that's a little bit about me. Wonderful. Well, and I I feel you on the stigma about nutrition and kind of the when you touched on how things taste for different people, not a one-size-fits-all approach, because I think sometimes it's like, you should like this. 
because I like it, especially as a parent, you know, why don't you like this? I don't understand. And it's kind of like, well, because they're not you, first of all, (laughs) they have different tastes, um, you know, so I think that's interesting. And even just as adults, it's we can't say you should eat this and not eat that. I mean, we're all we're all different. So you kind of just have to figure out what works for you. And what works for your kids as individuals. Um, And we've had uh, several uh, episodes uh, where we've had a retail dietitian on who I think sometimes um, shoppers are surprised that maybe there's a retail dietitian or, you know, someone in their store that can help them. So we always encourage listeners um, to ask your your local grocery store if they do have someone available in store or even a resource. Um, You know, if it's a certain grocery store that you like to shop at, they might even have someone at a corporate level that's available, you know, or has resources for you. So if you're listening, definitely in your next trip to the grocery grocery store, give an ask about that at your customer service desk for sure. Um, Okay, so we've all heard that to be healthy, you know, this is really drilled into our our brains we should shop the store perimeter for fresh options like produce dairy and meat but we know that produce is a vital part of the healthy plate but our diets need more than just produce to be healthy of course so what are some of the best sections of the grocery store so if we're we're moving out of the perimeter um, for finding healthy options to round out our plates so first anytime someone tells me that i insert a heavy eye roll (laughs) that is such a myth you can always shop everywhere in the grocery store because it's not just the perimeter yes we know that you have your produce your dairy your meat departments all on the outside perimeter but definitely shop up and down the aisles because even just with produce alone you don't just find produce in the produce department where else can you find produce you can have shelf stable produce in the canned fruit section so That's really convenient for a lot of people if they keep maybe some canned pears at their desk so they don't have to worry about it um, going bad or spoiling. Always having some in stock just in case you were just away for the weekend or on vacation. You can come home and always know that produce is at home waiting for you. Or if you have a hurricane coming your way, because currently I do. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, also the frozen department sometimes that's technically not on the perimeter of the store frozen is just as healthy as fresh produce because it's flash frozen meaning it's frozen at its peak of ripeness but I always just caution everyone just be a little more aware of what you're grabbing from the canned or frozen or even dried fruit or vegetables because now things are getting to a package so they can start maybe adding a couple more things so if you're getting frozen broccoli what should the only ingredient be broccoli so they do have broccoli with cheese sauce broccoli with um lightly seasoned or whatever it may be and those are fine too but just be a little more aware that other things can be added in when it's in a package so beyond produce though The perimeter of the store, you're missing out on your whole grains. There's really not a lot of options of whole grains in just the perimeter. Usually the bakery is um, in the perimeter of the store, but that's really focusing on like the cupcakes and the sweets and the treats. Right. Um, Sometimes they have like a nice hearty whole grain bread, but really your whole grains are going to be fine up and down the aisles. So your whole grain cereals, your whole grain crackers, even the dry whole grains like your quinoa or your farro, all of those are going to be up and down the aisles. So that's definitely a big one that most people miss if they're following that golden rule of just only shopping the perimeter. 
Um, we talked about a little bit about our canned fruits and veggies. All of those are really great, but also your lean protein. You have your canned salmon, your tuna, your frozen fish that is in the frozen department. All of those are going to be really good choices. You don't always have to buy meat from the meat department. Um, or the seafood department, you can always utilize the canned option. And canned is something that people kind of like turn their nose up to sometimes. And I'm not sure why, because for me, getting in the recommendation of two to three servings of seafood a week, that canned salmon or tuna is going to be that really great and easy option for you. Because seafood can be a little bit more on the expensive side. Also, your beans are in and your legumes are up and down the aisles as well. Um, canned to make it convenient or even a dried, which is very simple to make. Um, it's going to be a good plant-based source for you as well. And then also your healthy fats. What are you cooking with? Your olive oil is in that, in that aisle. Um, you have your nuts, your seeds, your nut butter is my favorite. Um, peanut butter is usually always making an appearance somewhere on my plate throughout the day. And also your snacks. So what about some popcorn or... Um, some crackers that you're going to pair with some cheese as a nice snack or some apples and peanut butter. All of those are going to be coming together with things up and down the aisles. Great. So what I'm hearing here is we need to stop with the shop only the perimeter nonsense. We need to toss that out because as long as you can kind of be smart about what you're choosing, you can enter into that zone. It's okay. Don't be afraid, right? (laughs) Definitely. And so many times we're on autopilot and we know our stores really well, but we only know the items that we typically shop for on a day-to-day. So spend a little extra time one day, maybe like 10, 15 minutes, and the aisles that you're typically going up and down, really search for new ideas and new products. You never know what you're going to find and might become a regular as part of your menu routine. When I have to say, you mentioned the canned salmon. My family, we're big salmon eaters, and it can be pricey to, mm-hmm. you know, have salmon once or twice a week. So we have started using the canned salmon, which is delicious. And I've been doing salmon kind of like patties or cakes, I guess, if you will, mm-hmm. or burgers, or whatever you want to call them, and kind of blending in some breadcrumbs and um, fruit or veggies and olive oil and they're amazing they're I know I love that because you can always add new flavors and twists to it so it's never the same thing right and I like to do I like to use even um like a um like a lemon dill kind of just mix something up with a little bit of mayo together and just kind of drizzle that on the top and my family's like so good (laughs) yeah my family's like yes and I look at it and I'm like I did that and, you know, sometimes I'll even have them help me make them, you know, a, like on a Sunday that we're going to have it like Monday or Tuesday right after work and school. So, um, yeah. Have really. you tried freezing them as well? Oh, good idea. I need to make I extra next time. I wonder if you can time. like meal prep them and have them frozen ready to go for a, for like a quick meal. Well, I will do that now because <laughs> they're delicious. I mean, even for me for lunch to bring to the office, although I don't know if my office will appreciate me heating up um, fish in, in 
within the office, but they'll have to get yeah. over it. <laughs> yeah, they'll get over it. <laughs> if they'll I probably be jealous as you're eating it too, because they're like, oh, hi, my boring lunch today, but she has salmon, looks so good. <laughs> right, I'll just have to bring them some. Well, uh, so I'm glad you talked about Center Store and finding healthy items that are there as well as the perimeter. They all contribute to a healthy diet. Um, so how much of our cart should come from the perimeter versus Center Store? Is there like a balance we should be following, like a balance of fresh to packaged items? Um, it really depends. Um, it really depends. Like it's not going to be an even split all the time because for me, like on the beginning of the week, I might stock up on more of my center of the aisle things and less of my fresh produce because I'm going to make another trip to the grocery store later in the week to replenish my fresh produce. So it kind of just depends on what your um, style is. If you shop all at once for the week versus a little couple trips throughout the week. Um, I don't like to kind of give a black and white approach, but I would say maybe like a 50, 50, um, you want enough fresh, and stuff from the perimeter, but then also your packaged items. And you have to think about packaged items in a little bit of a different perspective. When we hear packaged items, we think process, and then we think process is like the enemy. Right. But processed foods is just making things more convenient for us. Technically, our canned beans, those are processed. They are cooked for us, they're canned for us, and they're ready to go. But that's a lot different than processed potato chips. So we need to kind of think about it in a different perspective. Packaged items are definitely still going to be adding nutritional value to our carts and to our menu. Um, so you want to think about how is this food going to be nourishing necessarily of versus packaged. We think process. So it's not like you're having only fresh and processed foods. You're having fresh things that you need to potentially prep and cook and take time out of your day versus convenient items that are ready to go. Right. Okay. So let's, let's talk for a minute about nutrition labels. I know this is always something that, that overwhelms people or shoppers in the grocery store. Um, when you're standing in that aisle of cereal or jarred pasta sauces and trying to find the healthiest option, and there's like 50 different options there, um, especially if you have any little ones with you. Mine are a little bit older at this point, but if you have that, you know, screaming toddler or the kid pulling down cans off the shelf. So what are some simple things we should look for on a label to help inform of, us of, you know, making just a great decision when we're in the, those um, those aisles where we're in the center store? So when you're looking at a nutrition label, everyone's going to be kind of looking at it a little differently depending on what their health and wellness goals are for themselves and their families. But the first stop everyone should start at is the serving size because that is what the whole label is telling you all about. If the serving size is half a cup, it's half a cup of the item what all those numbers are based on. So be aware that you don't have to only eat the serving size, but you have to be mindful that if you have now one cup of the item, everything on that nutrition label will be doubling. So you need to start at that serving size to get yourself an accurate perspective of what's really going on with that label. So then I like to always think about what is going to be the biggest preference for you? What are you looking at? Is it potentially added sugar? What should we be looking at if it's coming from a natural source of sugar versus added sugar? Is it the sodium? Um, instead of looking at the mil milligrams of sodium, I think that's very confusing for people because how do you kind of 
measure milligrams in your mind. Right. It's kind of hard to kind of visualize. So instead of looking at the milligrams, I look like to look at the percent daily value. So 5% or lower per serving is considered a low amount, whereas 20% or higher is considered a higher amount of sodium. So you kind of want that lower to middle range, especially for packaged items, because most of our salt is coming from packaged items. Um, and we usually don't overdo it as we're cooking. So keep in mind for that, you can quickly dis- decipher if something is considered a higher amount of sodium or lower just by looking at the percent daily value. Um, also, you can look at, a lot of people tell me they look at the total fat, but again, you have to dig a little deeper. It's not just total fat. What is that fat made up of? On your label, you'll have your saturated fat and your trans fat, but not always listed is your unsaturated fat. So if your total fat is 10 grams and your saturated fat is one gram and your trans fat is zero grams, that total fat is really coming from those heart healthy unsaturated fats. So that's considered a great item versus if something would be um, 10 grams of just saturated fat, I would kind of look at that and be like, all right, what is this contributing towards? What else would it be paired with my meal? Also, when we're looking at labels, there's not going to be a perfect label. You're not going to look at it and be like, this is the perfect item. There's no such thing. So something might be a little higher in this, a little lower in this, but that's how we, why we pair things together. There's always a component of a meal that's maybe going to contribute to a little bit of that sodium, but then pair it with something that doesn't have a lot of sodium. So it's all about the balance and you're kind of figuring out and navigating what's going to be best for you. And then also looking at those ingredients, um, depending on, and that's another myth, a longer ingredient list doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. And if there's words that you don't necessarily know, doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. For instance, when I was doing a grocery store tour and we were looking for convenient items um, for a really busy mom, she really liked the idea of those pre-sliced apples. But then she's like, but they have a weird ingredient. It says citric acid. That's just <laughs> vitamin C, so it doesn't brown. And so that convenience of having them already sliced is done for you. So you have to kind of have an open mind and dig a little deeper. And if you're not sure, ask that retail dietitian in that store or ask a dietitian in your area. Those are great tips. I think we'll definitely link up in the show notes um, to some tips on on nutrition labels. I don't know if you have anything on your site. I'm sure you probably have some <laughs> something <laughs> over there, but we'll make sure, um, you know, so you it, so people don't have to be taking notes right at this moment. You can go over and pull that info down. Um, so is a question for you. It is true, though, that ingredients are listed from like most dense yes. to least dense, okay. meaning whatever yes. the product is mostly made of is listed from first to last. Okay. So if something like added sugar is going to be something that you're being mindful of, if you kind of see that right in the front, you know that majority of that product is made from sugar. So that's something that you want to be mindful of. Okay. Yes. I was going to say, because um, sometimes I know myself, I look for, um, it, it's interesting that you said that that's a myth, the, you know, more ingredients is bad, but I myself am like, oh, I like to standard five ingredients. So that is interesting. I'll have to change my way, my rule on that when I look at it. Because it really depends on a product too. What if you're buying um, like a frozen 
like I was looking at a frozen cauliflower pizza crust and it had all these different herbs and spices in there and there was definitely a lot of ingredients listed but they were all like things I knew about they were all wholesome and like I I thought it was fine and it tasted delicious so you can't always like be okay this has six now I can't put it because it doesn't have five Right. So I can't put it in my cart. So you have to have flexibility when you're shopping. I do like the 5% and 20%. That's an easy – those are easy numbers to work with and think about when you're looking at a nutrition label. I do – I have embraced that over the past year, and I feel like it works well because I don't have to, like, calculate or think too hard. Oh, it's definitely. just like 5%, I don't 20%. expect anyone to be shopping and have a little notepad with them <laughs> calculating all their milligrams of sodium. Like, come on. That's so unrealistic. Well, it's interesting when you said, like, when you think about a milligram, I'm like, she's so right. I have no – like, if you told me right now, like, show me a milligram. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So to put in a little bit of perspective, like your 2,400 milligrams, that's the recommended daily value, not exceeding that. That's one teaspoon. Wow. Okay. So it's not a lot. <laughs> right. All right. So interesting. That's like kind of mind blowing right there. I, I'm going to share that with my middle schooler. She's a science girl. And I feel like, oh, although yeah. she, I feel like when I share things with her, she's like, yeah, I already knew that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's why I'm going to have her on the podcast <laughs> to tell you about that. <laughs> I know. Can you, are you available to record? It's time for another healthy bite. Today's healthy bite is sponsored by our friends at the National Watermelon Promotion Board. So Grace is here. I always love when she stops by because I know I'm going to have something good. So what do you have today, Grace? Well, fun fact, did you know that you shouldn't throw away your watermelon rind because it's actually packed with nutrients and delicious in lots of different recipes? So today we've got some fish tacos topped with a watermelon watermelon rind coleslaw. That sounds delicious. Let me take a bite of this let's check it out i don't know i I feel lots of crunch very good that's amazing so that's made with the watermelon rind right something that people typically throw away is actually really delicious and can be used in lots of different recipes it adds for salads or something like this a coleslaw it adds a really nice refreshing crunch oh that's delicious we'll definitely um be sure to share that link out in the show notes and it's available on our website Oh, quick question for you, because I know that this is something that people are asking all the time. When you are picking a watermelon, what are the tips? Do you have any of those? Okay, yeah. So when you're at the grocery store looking for the perfect watermelon, definitely pick it up because it should feel heavy for its size. And then look at the underside because you're looking for a creamy yellow spot. And that just shows you it's been on the ground for a long time. It's nice and ripe, very sweet. Oh, okay. So you're not going to be that person at the at the grocery <laughs> store taking like 20 minutes. Just a couple, you know, check for the size, the weight, and that creamy yellow spot and you'll be good. Awesome. Well, we will definitely link up to tips on how to pick a watermelon in the show notes. Thank you to our friends at the Watermelon Board. And we are going to enjoy these fish tacos. So, okay, so we have a question from a listener um, that I wanted to share with you today. We always encourage folks to send us questions or topics you want us to cover off on. You can always email them direct to me, um, podcast at healthyfamilyproject.com or post them into our Facebook group, which is Healthy Family Project on Facebook. So the question was, how do you shop or how do you shop the store was the the title but um so here's her her dilemma 
So I always start in produce because that's my shopping flow. But sometimes I find items like, say, mushrooms that are at a great price and then have to backtrack through the store to come up with a plan to use them. So um, saying like, oh, I found these awesome mushrooms on BOGO and this would be great with, you know, chicken breasts and you get to chicken breasts and for some reason, you know, they're not available or whatever. And then you come home, um, you have all these mushrooms and you don't know what to do. So do you have tips to making shopping more efficient and avoiding these detours through the store? So I've kind of two approaches, the plan ahead method and then the wing it method. (laughs) So the plan ahead method is really planning ahead and looking at your store circular, knowing that those mushrooms are going to be buy one, get one, and kind of looking through recipes and whatever you have as resources to kind of come up with recipe ideas surrounding those mushrooms or going and going to the circular and finding your coupons and creating kind of your menu around what's on sale if budget shopping is going to be your main priority. Um, So then you know ahead of time as you're going to the store, those mushrooms are going to be that buy one, get one. Um, So the plan ahead approach is someone who's a little more organized and spends time doing that, but that's not realistic for a lot of people. So I also have the wing it method where you're not necessarily going in with a plan at all. And it's called the five, four, three, two, one. You're going to look for five snacks and those could also fall into some other categories, but five designated snacks for the week. You pick out four vegetables, four fruits, four proteins, three sources of carbohydrates in the form of like starchy carbohydrates, like starchy vegetables or whole grains or regular grains, two healthy fats. And I call it one fun food. It could be like a treat. And you put all those in your cart and you kind of wing it. So whatever you picked up, you start to, um, develop different menu ideas. And that is where like, okay, the mushrooms are by one, get one. I'm going to definitely add those to my cart and I'll figure out what to do with it later. That's for someone who definitely has a little bit more confidence in the kitchen because they're able to kind of put things together, kind of kind of wing it in the kitchen as well as winging it as they're shopping. I think you need to trademark the 54321 method. <laughs> 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 I really do. I'm kind of thinking about it like, wow, that makes so much sense. How have I not ever thought of this? Because how many times have you been like out running errands or like, oh, I really need to go grocery shopping, but I did not plan anything. I didn't look at the circular. I don't have any idea going in. I just kind of go with that method. And then it's just like, all right, I'll figure it out later. But at least I have wholesome food in my kitchen waiting for me. Yeah, you're you're so spot on. There's some weeks that I am totally on it. And then other weeks, I think I'll go to the deli counter first and read the the ad on uh, the digital ad on my phone while I'm waiting for my deli meats. <laughs> That's also definitely an approach as well. And oh. now like it's me it's a little more convenient. Like definitely it was so old school back in the day, like when my mom was cutting coupons and looking at the circular, which my grandma still only uses her paper circular. But you could also be waiting in line somewhere or getting gas and looking at that on your store's app to see what's on sale at the same time. Yes. Thank goodness for, for the apps. I'm like, all right, let me look at BOGOs. Let me look at my digital coupons and add all of those quickly. I've actually added, not that I search or not that I shopped based on the digital coupons, but I've been in line to check out and I'm like, oh, there's a couple people ahead of me. I should look at my app and have re- realized like, oh, 
I have that in my cart. Okay. Yeah. Like yep. save a dollar, <laughs> like add it in there. So yeah, I, <laughs> I get creative when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so. again, you have to get, cut yourself some slack. It's not going to be the same thing every week because every week your schedule is going to be a little different. So if you didn't plan that week, don't stress out. Have a backup plan ready to go. Well, I've been having my, my older daughter sometimes too. I've been trying to use, um, you know, the Ibotta, which is like kind of a cashback kind of app that you can, you can get money deposited back from your purchases. And so I've given that to my 13 year old and I'll say, come on, let's, let's go to the store. And I'll hand that to her on the way there and say, oh, check out Ibotta. Like, look at produce first because that'll be our first stop. So she'll kind of look through and be like, oh, you can get 25 cents cash back on apples or whatever. And so I have her on task for the Ibotta, which I love. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that because also too, if you are shopping with your family, sometimes like I I used to love going to the grocery store with my mom and like that's not very typical, (laughs) but um, get them involved in the process. So when you mentioned earlier about like toddlers, like little hands kind of grabbing everything, kind of get them involved with like, let's go on a scavenger hunt. This is on my list. Can you help me find it? What color is it? So getting them involved in the process instead of trying to like fight the battle of them being not occupied. Right. Yeah. Include, include them rather than try. That's, yeah, that's, I learned that over the years. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I learned too that, you know, on those days where you're kind of in a rush and you need to get in and out, it's, if you have the option to go on your own, those probably yep. aren't the best times to make it. But on like a, you know, a time where you have, where you're not in a cr- time crunch, it's, it's good to take them and make it, make it a, an excursion. Um, all right. So I was actually just on a, I just wrote a roundup post about for August is kids eats, eats right month. And I interviewed a couple moms and asked them about if they brought their children grocery shopping and Emily Kyle of Emily Kyle nutrition was actually telling me that her and her son make it a date night. They go Friday when the store is less busy oh. and they enjoy a meal together in the food court and then they take their time shopping. That's a great idea. I know. I love that. I'm definitely going to incorporate that in the future. I like that. We have a, a fairly new Earth Fair um, near me, and um, they have some great options that you can grab and, and sit in kind of their food court area and eat. So I think that might be a good good option for us. So I've been asking all of our recent guests the same question because I, I attended a podcast conference and, and this was a suggestion that was made. And I thought, you know what, that's fun to kind of have all these different personalities and all these people and with different areas of expertise um, and kind of have them all weigh in on, on one question. So there's no right or wrong answer. <laughs> it's just <laughs> fun to hear what everyone thinks. What do you think being a healthy family means? That is definitely a loaded question. <laughs> Um, being a healthy family for me means open communication with your family members, enjoying meals together. Growing up, that was a really big one for us. Um, it got a little more challenging as we got older and my sisters and I were all involved in different sports and activities. Um, so things were on the go, but we kind of brought a blanket, sat on the, on the soccer field before practice or a game and enjoyed a meal together. Um, spending time together is a big one. Being healthy to me means 
um, just being around the people that you love. Um, my family is really big into playing games together. So anytime we have a gathering, we're always just like sitting around a table playing games, laughing, kind of picking on someone <laughs> in the game when we're playing. Just overall, just enjoying your time together. Well, that's awesome. So thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all of these great tips and ideas for families. Like I said, we'll be linking up to all kinds of information over in the show notes. So if there's anything that you um, listen to that you want to know more about, you'll probably find that link over there. And if you don't, you can always email us. Um, So before we close things out, can you tell listeners where they can find and connect with you? Yep, you can find my blog on julieharringtonrd.com. And also all my social media handles are chefjulie underscore rd. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. This is fun. So much great information from Julie. You can go over to the show notes to snag all of the links. And reminder, we still have the listener survey going on. It's only a few questions really to just help guide us in our content so we can better deliver to you what you're looking for. Um, Plus, two lucky survey takers will win a $50 Amazon gift card, and you can find that link to take the survey in the show notes. Be sure to join us on Facebook in the Healthy Family Project Facebook group. It's a safe space, I promise, judgment-free zone. Um, You can find me there and most of the guests from the show chiming in. It's private with a few rules about not shaming anyone, but send me a request and I will approve you to join. If you're looking for fall fun ideas, tis the season, Halloween, Thanksgiving, you can go over to our blog on produceforkids.com and click on those categories on the sidebar. You can also find that awesome watermelon rind fish taco recipe and lots of delicious but healthy game day ideas for your um, football Saturdays and Sundays. If you like the Healthy Family Project, please tell a friend and leave us a rating. We really appreciate it. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation. If you want to connect direct with me, I'm at Amanda M. Kiefer on Twitter and also Amanda M. Kiefer on Instagram. You can find Produce for Kids on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.